Record. Let's start recording. Okay. Hi, and welcome to the Imperial Hearts podcast. I'm Dana, the Imperial player. And I'm Jamie, the Rebel player. Though we're not talking about games this week. No, we aren't. What are we talking about this week? Propaganda in Star Wars. Star Wars propaganda. That's right. And that means a couple different things, but... um... Maybe let's just give a summary of a few things we're going to talk about. Sure. Um, so we're going to talk about the first volume uh, the of, or only volume, I don't actually know. Of the, I was wondering about that too. Is there more of it? Or is I don't it... know. I think of the Princess Leia comic. We yeah. have the first volume of the it Princess feels, Leia comic. It feels standalone to me. Yeah, it, it is kind of standalone. So I don't actually know if they're making any more or if that was just like a single trade paperback. But we're going to talk about that. Yep. And then we're going to talk, we're going to sort of do not even an overview of Star Wars Rebels, but sort of Rebels, the TV show, as propaganda and, and how it relates to that. And we'll probably get into Rebels as a TV show and a story like another time. So we're going to try to keep it spoiler free then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can, we can keep it spoiler free in this episode, give you a bit of an overview, and then later we'll do a dedicated well, at least one sort of Rebels episode, maybe for season one and season two. And then there's um, some actual propaganda posters that have been made for the Star Wars universe. And I want to talk about those a little bit, and we'll link to those in the show notes so you can take a look for yourselves. And uh, just sort of in general, the, the sort of all of the media and its various incarnations as propaganda. I would say as an addendum to that, we're also going to talk about um, basically um like the point of view yeah yeah because that's kind of what you're like yeah like in some cases what we mean by propaganda is like this this piece of media has clearly been filmed by the rebels Mm -hmm. or like this piece of media was filmed by the imperials that kind of thing yeah almost the uh the sort of unreliable narrator yeah the inherent bias yeah and, and what kind of tools they're using to demonstrate that bias without explicitly coming out and saying it. Yeah, um, definitely. And, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess we should start, I want to start by saying that in October, Pablo Hidalgo is re- releasing a Star Wars propaganda book about cool the propaganda in the Star Wars universe, which I'm really excited about. Pablo Hidalgo, the, the author of the Star Wars Visual Dictionaries. Yeah, he's one of the uh, story group um writers who's sort of in charge of the current canon for the new star wars universe and uh yeah he writes the visual dictionaries and other sort of such books and he's coming out with a history of propaganda in the star wars universe book and i'm super pumped about that so we'll probably revisit this topic when that book comes out nice so uh, why don't we start with the Princess Leia comic? I want to get your thoughts about that. We haven't talked about that since we both read it. Yeah, I just read it today. Um, overall, I didn't really like it. I thought it was a little bit dry. Mm-hmm. The characters felt... Um, I didn't like the characterization of Princess Leia. Yeah. She was a bit um, bland, I guess. She didn't really feel like Carrie Fisher's portrayal. Yeah, she did. That's I think that's very true. She didn't, and she doesn't look like uh, Carrie Fisher either. But I mean, it's a comic book, so it's hard to draw. You, it's hard to draw every panel like. A... But I, I, what I mean is, I don't think they made an attempt to make her look like Carrie Fisher. Oh, I think right. She looks like they sort of went with their own model for what Leia looks like, and she's a slightly different character in in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think she really is. It's. Um, I didn't think that was intentional, though. Because there's, cer- there's certain panels of the comic where you can tell they used photo reference to make her mm. look like Carrie Fisher. And then in every... Actually, I ha- there's... I mean, this is not a visual medium, but I was noticing, like, the, the two main characters are both girls. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, they look like the same yeah. character yeah. because the the... Like, the the author has a certain way of drawing girls where they kind of look the same. Yeah, their faces aren't super distinct. It's no, true. they're not. Just the hair is, is really different between them. Yeah, so... Um, so I, I didn't think it was great. Um, I like that almost all the main characters are female characters. Mm-hmm. 
um, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, they are. Um, like, that was kind of nice. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, the plot wasn't super, didn't really grab me. No. It's especially compared to some of the other comics, like, uh... I guess just to give you a summary of what it's about, it's about, um, Princess Leia goes and is trying to recover all of the survivors from Alderaan. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, all the all the Alderanians who were not on the planet at the time, she's trying to recover them, and the Empire's trying to wipe them out. Yeah. That's the summary. Yeah. Um, which seems like a cool premise, but... Yeah, and, and that's sort of... Um, when I read it, and I, I got into the story, that's sort of why I wanted to talk about it on the propaganda episode. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't understand yeah. what, what, okay. what is this related to propaganda. Right. So, I mean, the thing is, is like Dana said, the plot is uh, Princess Leia finds out that the Empire wants to hunt down and assassinate all the surviving Alderanians. And she wants to go across the galaxy and rescue them and sort of bring them back into the Rebel Alliance fold. And when I started this comic and I I got to that point I was like no no they don't they don't do that because like okay so I think that this motivation to okay we blew up Alderaan then the Death Star got blown up so now in retaliation we're literally gonna hunt down individual people across the galaxy and murder them for being from Alderaan because of its propaganda value. Like, I feel like that motivation is... Yeah, it makes no sense. It's so petty as to be unrealistic. Right. Like, this... We're talking about, like, a massive military war machine, which has way more important things to do, especially in the wake of the destruction of the Death Star, which was literally days ago. Like, this was really, really recently. The Empire is scrambling to get its shit together. A lot of their most important uh, and valuable people have just been murdered. Do we honestly think that they now want to hunt down civilians and murder them because they were from Alderaan? No. No. No, we don't believe that. I don't believe that. And I mean, it's one thing if we're going to say, okay, uh, Alderaanians now have a bounty. So bring us their heads and you'll get some money from bounty hunters or whatever because it's established that the empire uses bounty hunters yeah for for their bounties but do we think that a star destroyer is going to show up at your planet to like kill some musicians like Mm. no yeah it's really weird i found it's like and why i wanted to talk about that in relation to the propaganda is kind of like this is what we as the sort of rebel audience because that's who we are as an audience is the rebels That's what we want to believe about the Empire. We want to be like, yeah, they're going to hunt down and murder all the Alderanians and oh, that's so evil. And wait, so are you are you saying this comic book was made by the Rebellion for members of the Rebellion? Well, I'm saying that it's got it's got an inherent propaganda value because we're getting a story about rebel heroes uh, doing a super good, right. generous, altruistic thing from the incredibly petty and murderous evil empire. And th- this comic, I'm not saying it was an intentional choice because. No, I think, I mean, this is something I want to discuss is yeah. that we get this in a lot of Star Wars media yeah. where the, the motivations of the, the villainous empire don't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just, um, yeah, and, and so there's this sequence that I, uh, that I, I find really ironic um, at the end where uh, Leia is trying to convince a planet of people uh, to rise up against the Empire and, and sort of help. And uh, she's giving a speech to the Alderanians about how valuable each and every single Alderanian life is. And as long as Alderaan you know, exists inside our hearts, then Alderaan will always, will always be free and whatnot. And this speech is superimposed over a fleet battle where the rebel ships are like fighting Imperial ships. And like, there's a couple of panels where she's literally 
inner speech is about like how important each individual life is and it's like superimposed over like lots of them dying like imperials and stormtroopers like literally blowing up as we're yeah. talking about this yeah sure and i'm i can't tell what i want to believe is that this is an intentional juxtaposition to sort of illustrate that the real the real villain is the war right like the real villain is how right even the rebels have had to sacrifice their moral high ground to free the galaxy from the empire's oppression leia is giving from her point of view an unintentionally ironic speech about how important each individual life is while blowing up star destroyers full of tens of thousands of people but they don't count because they're imperial characters and that doesn't matter so i think from her point of view this speech is not intended to be ironic but i like to believe that the this juxtaposition of this speech over top of the panels of people dying the importance of life with the people dying is yeah is sort of a choice that the writers are making to say yes she's only trying to do what's necessary but even what's necessary the writers did not think about that (laughs) i know the writers of this comic were not thinking about that i guarantee you that yeah i know i yeah in my heart of hearts i know that but i would like to believe that that that's what that's what we're saying about these things that i think that's your own that's your own canon in your own head but i know your fanfic about the writers that you're writing right now <laughs> but it's not true yeah so yeah that's what i i wanted to say about that that um i just dis i disagree that the motivations of the empire seem realistic and i think the fact that we're expected to believe that they would do stuff like that is it's propaganda it's we're saying they're so individually evil that we're going to believe that they're going to hunt down and shoot people for being from alderaan the empire is bad enough like industrial strip mining institutionalized slavery like sort of galactic wide you know oppression and uh i don't think we need I don't think we need the extra level, like to no, to give us I, I the think, moral high ground. I think Star Wars works more. It works better as like a cyberpunk thing, where like the Empire is this vast corporation who just doesn't mm-hmm. care about you. Yeah, and you're this scrappy group of characters who's trying to fight this massive corporation. Yeah, but the members of that corporation don't individually want to do bad things. They're just yeah, they're just big and they're rich and they don't care. Yeah, there's this. And, like, yeah. Palpatine cares. Like, we know that Palpatine has got his own wacky sort of, you know, I don't know, Sith adventures, but... Sith adventures? I don't know. He's, he's like, I buy that Palpatine is evil. That's fine. You sure? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the Empire... I don't know what motivates Palpatine. I don't know. I don't know. Power. Yeah. But I, I think the Empire just doesn't care about you. And the great war machine just rolls you over. Yeah. I don't think this sort of pettiness is... Um, I just don't think that's a necessary motivation. No. I don't like it, so... I don't like when the Empire is petty. It doesn't feel and even appropriate. And even in the main series movies, you don't ever get that. No. Like, you never get the sense that the Empire is doing villainous mustache twirling things yeah exactly to to like farmhands <laughs> yeah exactly like, like happens in star wars rebels exactly and that's that we can uh, come to our next point about um about rebels because that is essentially the same thing but uh to a you know the nth degree yeah to an absurd degree like i don't know who wrote this show so why don't why don't you talk about that a little bit you start um it's okay, so my, what was the, what what did we say? Was that this story's being told by <laughs> Ezra Bridger? <laughs> yeah. Like when he's 50? Yeah. Because you don't get a realistic view of what happened. Like it feels, it feels like it's from a little kid's point of view. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, that's like the only way that Rebels makes sense is if you if if it's like a story told from a little kid's point of view, and like maybe the reason for that is that the writers thought that it was for kids, right? 
So they would make it from a kid's point of view. Mm-hmm. But, like, the motivations of the villains in this show make no sense. Yeah, so just as an overview for those of you who haven't watched Rebels. Um, right. It's a, an animated cartoon TV show set, I think, five years before episode four. Something like that. So it's, uh, you know, before A New Hope, and you've got a group of uh, rebels who are just forming one of the first, like, rebel cells. Yeah, be- kind of, before the rebellion's, like, really established. Yeah, so they're kind of um, independent rebel cell that are slowly becoming uh, more connected to the other uh, rebel cells throughout the galaxy. And the main point of view character is maybe a what 14 15 year old boy something like that um who gets uh sort of recruited on his planet which is um being occupied by the empire and he's got a lot of feelings about that because his parents were arrested for um dissent and imprisoned yeah so he uh meets up with these rebels and they have rebel adventures they rebel they <laughs> Yes, they do. And um, and they do it from such a hilariously biased point of view that the, yeah, like Dana said, the only way the show makes sense is if you imagine it as like Ezra's memoir where yeah. the whole thing is from his point of view and therefore everything in the show, including the scenes where he's not there, like the cutscenes. Or what he thought happened. Yeah, everything's filtered through this like 15 year old boy's lens um especially like there's certain scenes like we're not gonna we're not gonna do spoilers yeah there are certain scenes that make more sense if you consider that Ezra didn't know quite what happened yeah yeah and and we can say things that aren't spoilers like all of the imperial characters they don't literally twirl their mustaches but they might as well and, and they're, they're all, like, for the most part, all of them are faceless. Yeah, and I, I want to get into you that. You never see stormtroopers without their helmets on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't in the movies really either, but... Yeah. Um, and all the Imperial officers have, like, the same face, and their hats block their face. Mm-hmm. So you don't see their eyes. Um, like, there's exceptions. Like, there's a few, like, named characters. Yeah. But they, like, deliberately make the Empire faceless. Yeah. And and those named characters, the the sort of named imperial characters, they're cartoonish villains. Yeah, they enjoy like harassing farmers. Yeah, and like yeah. smirking about it taking them, over farms. Brings them pleasure. Yeah, they like literally enjoy harassing innocent uh, people on this on these planets, and you're like, okay, it feels sure. out of character that the empire would do that. Yeah, it's just it's so petty and so personal in the same way. Where you've got these, yeah, this, so this lieutenant, he's stationed on, it's like he's sort of in charge. And he just, what, he just enjoys kicking farmers off their land for the empire, like, and that when he turns away to the camera, like, he's smirking evilly, like, it's it just, just doesn't, it makes no sense to me. Like, the, the kinds of people who like, it's like, if you, especially if you contrast this with something like uh, Claudia Gray's Lost Stars, mm-hmm. where, like, the implication that I get is that people who join the Empire are people who work for the government, basically. Yeah. Like, they get this job because it's safe and it's secure and you don't have to make a lot of decisions mm-hmm. and there's dental. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, exactly. And your planet is probably a shithole, like, like yeah, most yeah. of the planets. So, like, it doesn't make sense to me that the, the like, individual rebel or individual Imperial officers would be, like, malicious, like dastardly villains yeah and i I mean sure you've probably got some of those because in real life you have some of those sure there's always a bad there's always some bad seeds but every single one of them is is sort of yeah this over the top like um snidely whiplash kind of thing and i like i was joking when we were watching the first season like i will eat my hat if they give us a sympathetic imperial character at all and you know what i should eat my hat because eventually you get one eventually they do and I, I really have to give them props for that. Spoiler alert. Don't say who it is. I won't say who it is. Because uh, I was probably guess, though. really excited about that. And I am I am continue to be really excited about that. So I don't know if they'll go any further with it. They have to. I know they, ha- they have to. They didn't... All right. Let's stop talking about things that, that the okay. audience doesn't know what we're talking about. No. Okay. 
So yeah, but they have, um, they make really deliberate choices to make sure that we, yeah, I like I'm convinced the storyboard artists are given the direction, make sure you never show a stormtrooper without their helmet. Um, like they literally will frame a shot where, because they steal a lot of stormtrooper outfits to infiltrate bases, you know, as you do. Yeah. And they'll always frame the shots where. I don't think that's why. I think like. Yeah, they don't want to make a model. Yeah, they don't. The, they don't want to yeah. model a new character. Yeah, if they can avoid it. But still, um, all of these things add up to deliberate choices. To they're, they're, I guess so. Yeah, they're not going to show a stormtrooper character without his helmet, so they're going to take it off when he's off screen. His you know? or her helmet, but yeah. because you don't get girl characters. In, no, well, you don't have to worry about that because you don't get. Yeah, there's also female like, characters. All of the imperial officers are the same model. Uh, pretty much, except for the like individual ones, because they have their hats yeah. covering their faces. They're all men. Um, they all look the same. They're all exactly the same They're model. All exactly the same model. They don't have a face because that's not important. No. Um, and they also have an interesting, like, we used to live tweet watching the episodes and um, keep a kill count for how many how many characters the rebels killed in every episode. Lot. It is a lot. They have spoiler alert. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, they they kill a lot of people, um, but it's okay because we never see their faces and they're evil, um, right? So uh, anyway, we had a, key, a kill count that kept ratcheting up, and um, in the premiere of season two, one of the imperial characters is talking about this rebel cell. And there, he literally talks about how nonviolent they're. Yeah, it's a good thing they haven't resorted to violence like some of the other rebels. It's and like, it's what? like, wait, really? That's all they do. Have we been watching the same show? Because they, they kill a lot of people. They're only violent. Yeah, um, and they really go out of their way to pat themselves on the back when they, um, like, only knock them out. Yeah, like they they really point it out. So, um, you know, and they had they had an episode where. They're at a bar, and they go to, like, a cantina, and these three TIE fighter pilots come in, and they're wearing their helmets, you know, in the bar, because now we don't have to model some characters. So they just, like, harass the bartender um, yeah, for no reason. They're just, they're just jerks. These three jerks. All stormtroopers are jerks. Yeah. And so these, these three TIE fighter pilots are just jerks the whole time. And then the rebels, like, seethe in the background about how mean they are. And then later in the episode, we have a dogfight, and they blow up a bunch of TIE fighters. And you're like, right, that's okay, because I remember when we met those pilots earlier in the episode, they were mean. So You know what it is, actually? This is, like, a common thing in a lot of, like, media that I have a problem with. Yeah. It's not good versus evil, it's mean versus nice. Yeah. You know, like, and they, like, you see that a lot in stuff where it's like, this character is not good. Yeah. This character, like, is not lawful good. You know, they're lawful nice. <laughs> lawful nice. You've least, heard that before? Like, no. It's like a common thing in Dungeons and Dragons where, like, you're not playing a lawful good character. You're not actually doing the good thing. Right. You're doing the nice thing. Mm. You're doing the socially acceptable thing or the nice thing, but you're not actually doing the hard thing, which is the good thing. And that's, like, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. At least they, they do have some um, main characters who are jerks, too. Oh, yeah. They're all jerks. Chopper. Chopper. Zab is a jerk. Yeah. Fucking Ezra is a jerk most of the time. Yeah. Ezra is kind of a jerk. They're so. all jerks to each other. Yeah. So, I mean, the main and characters... Which is good. I like that. Yeah. The main yeah. characters aren't nice, either. But I'm just saying they very carefully establish those three TIE fighter pilots as jerks. So that we don't feel bad when we blow them up later in the episode. Yeah. Um, so it's like, we get it. The Empire is evil. Like You don't need to slam us over the head with it. Yeah, we, we know that we're rooting for the rebels. And I... <sighs> a, a better way, like, my solution is that if you want to show that, make them faceless to the point where they don't even talk to you. They don't even care about you. Mm. That would be that would be like they'll just murder you without thinking, and then you have a scene where the rebels are like, "Wow, they just didn't even care who we were," and like that's the empire; they don't care. Yeah, I think they're scarier if they don't care. About yeah, you. Like, they don't care about you. Yeah, instead of like, oh, like girl. a good example is in A New Hope, right? When like 
the stormtroopers wipe out that entire like Luke's entire farm mm-hmm. and you get at least I got the sense that they didn't do that because they're being jerks they did that because they're being thorough yeah and that's scarier than them being jerks yeah totally like, it's efficient. It's not. It's efficient. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's and, not personal or vengeful. It's efficient. It was just business. Yeah. Like, and that's way scarier and more mm-hmm. sinister to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I also feel like a lot of this, um, the whole thing goes to, um, it's easier for us as an audience if the empire is is mean, and evil, we're like, okay, well, that's not me. I'm nice. I would never take pleasure in burning someone's farm, right? I'm nice. I'm nice. Um, I'm a good person. I would never feel pleasure in doing this. And it allows us to, you know, it's like we're, we're, yeah, we're all the rebels. Whereas I think, like, say what you want about the prequels. I think that um, George Lucas's choice to sort of draw deliberate parallels between the politics of the prequels and the politics of the climate at the time. Like, these movies were made... Like, episode 2 and episode 3 were made, like, you know... Well, no, episode 2 came out in 2002, I think. So it was probably mostly done when... Uh, at 9-11, but, like... Still around that yeah, time. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith yeah. is very clearly that post-9-11 era where... Um, he like he makes a deliberate choice to essentially quote George W. Bush on like multiple occasions in that movie, and the clumsy but um, you know effortful attempt yeah. to mm-hmm. draw parallels between what was happening in the West at the time and what happened to form the Galactic Empire is, is not unintentional. You know, like it's on purpose. It's a product of its time. And we like to believe that we would not support the Galactic Empire, you know? We want to believe that we wouldn't join the Empire. We want to think that we're all rebels, right? And if the Empire is faceless and evil and takes pleasure in hurting people, then it allows us to maintain that separation from them in a comfortable way where we don't have to see what circumstances might lead to us being comfortable joining the empire yeah or living on a planet like coruscant where you imagine that probably everyday life doesn't change that much no and um yeah we want to believe that we all rebel and and join the rebel alliance um and that's easier to do when the empire is over the top evil and it's not easy to do when the empire is people just like us who just want to do their jobs and just want to go home to their families and just have a dental plan because yeah. their kid needs braces and you're like when, where's that imperial officer you know who's the like what you know and if and if we see that guy go home and and cry because his fucking best friend from the academy blew up on the Death Star, we feel bad. And we don't want to feel bad. Yeah. We want to join the rebels and blow up the Death Star. And we want to feel good about that. So I think all of these things are deliberate choices to help us. It, it's just, you know, they want to keep it simple. They want the story to be, to be relatively straightforward. And there have been a lot of changes uh, to that. Like Lost Stars was one of the most balanced portrayals of the Empire that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and we'll do a... I'm sure we'll talk about Lost Stars more. Because um, it's a must-read, in my opinion. I have I have some thoughts related to that that I like. I think, I think that um, Star Wars is more interesting to me when it's... And I think, like, even Force Awakens is kind of in line with this. Mm-hmm. It's more interesting when it's order versus chaos. Yeah. Because, like, you have the rebellion, right? Which is, like... Or even, like, um, in some ways, like, the natural order versus chaos. Um, Because I feel like the Sith, are, to me, are kind of, like... um, These characters... They're, they're like, in support of evolution. You know what I mean? Like, they think that the strong should, should conquer. Right. You know, the strong devour the weak. And that's how we turn into something new and like for them it doesn't matter if it's good or evil it's something better stronger right 
And then you have, like, the Rebellion or the Jedi who want things to basically stay the same mm-hmm. and maintain this kind of, like, um, democracy, which is kind of like, um, you know, nothing really changes and nobody really actually makes any... Progress is slower, yeah. right? And um, everyone's equal, but... Uh, um, like it's also corrupt in its own way yeah and i think that that's really interesting it kind of goes to the conversation we had on episode four about the force yeah it's very similar to the conversation Um, we had we were talking about yoda and the scene that we read from the revenge of the sith novel where yoda talks about how um he had attempted to keep the jedi order the same as it had been for millennia because that's how he had been trained and in that like he saw in that moment that in trying to hold on to that, he had broken it. He had let it be broken because he had become so rigid, it could no longer grow. It couldn't adapt. Yeah. And Anakin was able to destroy it because he broke its mold. And um, I think that's really interesting. Like the, the Old Republic at the time of its um, dissolution in Revenge of the Sith is a very, very old institution. Yeah. And it had become extremely corrupt. Yeah. And sort of unwieldy and decadent. And they had... You know, we talked about that a bit with the clone army sort of propping up the sort of Coruscanti decadence where the people yes, who, were, yeah. who were sort of comfortable in their wealth had allowed an army of disposable... Um, short-lived clones to represent their security and we're we're fine with that so it's like the the end years of the republic were not idyllic um no no and it it's uh its decline was sort of not surprising in that in that context yeah it's it's interesting how they and they kind of imply that they don't really imply it in the movie, but they do imply that in like the book and some of the supporting materials that like the New Republic is the same. It's also like they don't really ever make any decisions, and the politicians are corrupt. Yeah, and we'll we'll get that. That's what Bloodline is about. Oh, interesting. That's like the whole thing. So um, we'll get we'll and- talk more about the sort of politics of the Force Awakens era in that episode i also think it's interesting how it like mirrors our own society too Mm -hmm. like the different science fiction stories we tell are like mirroring issues that people feel at the time exactly yeah that's really interesting just like yeah just like how um how timely uh the prequels ended up being yeah yeah in that that specific way and yeah I i think that's really interesting and uh i just like i know a lot of people like that about star wars but i just don't like things I don't like things to be easy. No. And um of course. I want I don't want our moral victories to be too easy for us to justify. I want us to 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 you know feel that. So I think it's it's really cool if and I know this is not the case in these movies, but it would be cooler if the war was the villain and that war was bad because the movies are yeah. called Star Wars. I know. <laughs> I know. A couple of weeks ago or something I was thinking about The Force Awakens and the sort of tragedy that um, all of the main young characters represent where all of these characters are so young yeah, and they're basically carrying on the same war that their parents and grandparents started like it, it's not a coincidence that all of the characters even um, a character like Hux he's in his early 30s that character is not old enough to have founded the First Order. Right. He was born into it, just like Kylo Ren and Rey and Finn. Like, all of these people were born into this conflict that weren't that was started generations before them, and they're sort of caught up in this great war machine that hasn't really stopped. No. And I, I was thinking about how sad that was that they didn't, you know, like, nobody really had a chance, and then I was like, oh, right, Star Wars. <laughs> You know, I was like, right, I guess that's Star Wars. It's about Star Wars, but uh, that's that's tragic. And and I think that the war is the villain of Star Wars. It's interesting, right? Like, you have a lot of these these, um, properties, like Star Wars or even, like, Warcraft, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which have war in the title. Yeah. So you're never going to have an iteration of that, which is about peace. Yeah. 
or about um, it's never it's never not going to have a war as the center of it, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like that's what makes this these this franchise tragic, and and that what that's what makes it hard is that all of these characters are ground down by this great machine of war, and yeah. it's like. It just never stops. I think it's also cool, like you were saying, like these, they're like carrying on their parents' war because, mm-hmm. like, you get a lot of instances where, like, they're doing something and they're like, like Finn's like, oh, we we'll use the force. Yeah. And it's like he knows that because, like, someone told him. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're fighting this war and they don't even know why anymore. Yeah. It's like these, um, all the things they know or they think they know are just like, I know and past like hearsay like yeah. passed on about you've got you've got Kylo who who's like literally motivated by whatever he thinks Darth Vader was trying to do yeah um and Snoke sort of egging that on um yeah you've got uh Hux carrying on his like his father um pioneered the stormtrooper brainwashing program well what that's yeah um that's I don't know if audience if you've heard that that's um a tidbit from the visual dictionary, Pablo Hidalgo's visual That's dictionary. Cool. So the stormtrooper VR training program that we talked briefly about in the first episode when we were talking about the X-wing um, training simulator. Yeah. The first order's training simulators uh, and the idea of brainwashing kidnapped children to become stormtroopers was Huck Senior's idea. What was his name? Brendel. Brendel Hux Sr. What's Hux's name? Hux doesn't have a name. His first name is General. <laughs> His first name is General. That's what Donald Gleason said in a, in an interview when they asked him. That's adorable. And Pablo Hidalgo said that General Hux does not as yet have a first name. So, how's that for tragic? Born without a first name. Uh, anyway, his his father pioneered the brainwashing program that he is huh. now carrying on. And, fun fact... Brendel Huck Sr. got the idea of kidnapping children and brainwashing them to do your bidding from the Jedi Order. Interesting. <laughs> he was like, hey, the Jedi do that. What if we did that? That's cool. It's kind of dark, but I can see the logic. So anyway, the point is that Hux is also literally carrying on his father's work. Yeah. And it's like yeah. he's he's born into this post-Empire world um, and ends up leading this army at a absurdly young age um to be doing so and so all of these characters are just swept up in this this great machine and it hurts them all even the bad ones yeah hurts me to watch it actually my my favorite example i was thinking also is ray like she's like oh that's how jedi do stuff i'm gonna like the way that she is a jedi is all like She's like, ah, oh, sometimes Jedi did something that looks like this, right? And then yeah. she tries it. Like, all the characters kind of have that. Yeah, they've heard. They're, like, heard, like, oh, this is how the Force works. This is how the Empire used to work. Yeah. Let's try and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that about the... Yeah, that's, it's a really cool part of The Force Awakens. I agree, yeah. And we, yeah, we skip over that 30-year period of peace. Because <laughs> it's not Star Peace, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was actually reading a, a little interview today with um, uh, John Boyega. Okay, he's talking about uh, the, the the movie they're filming. Yep, and um, he was saying that the next movie is going to be much larger in scope, hmm. which is interesting. And he's also they also asked him about his romance with Ray. I did hear. I did hear. I see that. I saw that quote. And what he said was like, "Well, there's no romance in the first movie." Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says in the second movie there is a romance but it doesn't go the way you think it will I did see that he doesn't say that it's with Ray but he, no. he says there there is a romance but it doesn't go the way you think it will yeah and what 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 way is that John Boyega which which way do we think it's, it's so gonna frustrating, go frustrating yeah I know and and they did do you hear they did cast a new female lead yeah as a new character yeah she's awesome and she is she was specifically auditioned to have chemistry with John Boyega. They had to do Oh. Yeah. Interesting. She had to have, yeah, she had to do a screen test with him to see 
what huh. kind of chemistry they had together. So huh. some people are speculating that There's she could gonna be, be some romance the, there. The romant romantic lead for Finn. Um and we have no idea who she's playing, like what kind of character she is. Um, oh, so we don't know she's a rebel or, or what? No. I mean Interesting. I, I would extrapolate that she was a rebel, but Maybe she's I have a smuggler. No idea. Maybe she is a smuggler. That'd be cool. Yeah. I did see that. And I, I was surprised because I, I felt like um, I did imagine a romantic intention from Finn towards Ray in the movie. I felt... Um, I didn't necessarily feel like she reciprocated. I felt like she I thought, wasn't... I felt like they were all really busy they, well, to be doing any romance. Yeah, see, he he asks her if she has a cute boyfriend. Well, there's that, yeah. You know. No, I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely romance on his... That's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where I, you're sort of sensing, like, he's, he's like, yeah, this is cool, she's cute, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, def- there's definitely that um, angle, yeah. But she, I, I felt she was kind of oblivious to that. Yeah, I felt like the, I, I don't know what the character's intentions were, but I felt like the writer's intentions were to not have anyone be overly romantic and everyone be super good friends yeah yeah everybody was um, super good friends like it's it's so nice and then the, in the next movie they all become extra good friends yeah and that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. finn yeah. and poe and yeah. ray all have a poly triad it's called jedi storm pilot there's a re- there's a name for that yeah it's called jedi storm pilot <laughs> they're all one big poly family yeah, no, that's what the internet thinks too. So. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Poe's there, you can tell. Poe's ready for anything. Poe is ready for anything. Poe's sad just because, like, the thing that makes Poe sad is that there's people out there in the universe that he can't romance. Yeah. It's like there's certain... There's certain species that 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 can't can't feel romance, so you yeah. can't seduce them. Poe even seduces that Tie Fighter, so you yeah. Poe seduces anything he walks into the room with. It's true. He's the best space boyfriend, it's true. as we established in the first episode. And Kylo Ren is the worst space boyfriend. Kylo Ren, as is, established in the first episode, is the worst space boyfriend. Confirmed. Um, Confirmed. Yeah, that's no. I totally agree. Uh yeah. What's next on the? We just that was we just deviated from our. That's okay. Um, what were we supposed to be talking about? I there were there is a series of propaganda posters that I wanted to talk about, which are really cool. Sure. Um, and some of them, um, we'll link them in the show notes. Uh, they're by an artist named Russell Walks, and he did them for uh the Tops trading card. Um. Oh, I, I thought these were just from Tumblr. These are actually part of yeah. the... Oh, that's really yeah. cool. So, um, so he, he made a bunch of them, and they're both, like, they're uh, Galactic Civil War era, so uh, sort of Empire versus Rebels. And um, he does sort of an equal split of Rebellion ones and Imperial ones. And there's a couple of specific ones, and we'll, we'll post them that I think are really cool. One of them is um, uh, an ITO interrogator droid, which the the... It's like a big picture of a scary droid, you know, from A New Hope with the big needle that they bring in. Um, needle droid. Uh, to interrogate Princess Leia. Oh, see, I did it. I felt like I didn't... I said interrogate instead of torture. They're torture droids. And I said interrogate instead of torture because I am loyalties are with them. Um, <laughs> anyway... So the caption on the poster is, um, it's a picture of the droid. It says, this is the ITO interrogator droid used by the Empire for enhanced information extraction. It creates unimaginable physical and emotional pain. According to the Imperial Ministry of Information, this is not torture. Disagree? Stand against injustice and join the Alliance now. And what I think is really cool about that is that so I'm going to say like this this probably isn't canon because obviously this is the only instance uh that I know of that references an Imperial Ministry of Information although we imagine that it exists they probably put out the Holonet broadcasts and the other sort of propaganda but I like that let's say we did take this as canon in this context where the Empire is aware that you know about these interrogator droids, and they're like, it's cool, guys. 
it's not torture. The CIA says it's not torture. I mean, right. what? You, like the U.S. government does with... With waterboarding yeah. and all the other things they do. Exactly. It's not torture. Exactly. It's not torture. They're going to come up with a justification for it, and we're going to know they're lying because it's propaganda. Yeah. And um, the point is that they're not going to come out and twiddle their thumbs and twirl their mustaches and say, we love torturing you. And we love torturing rebel scum. No. They're going to say, no, this is a matter of national security. Uh, our report is classified. We accidentally deleted the only report about the uh, interrogation methods. I mean, what? And I um, just pictured another yeah. show that I really want to exist. What? Or another role-playing game that I really want to exist. What? Or a television show. Is um, a court drama set in the... I want, like, the um, ace attorney, <laughs> uh, but it's, like, <laughs> Imperials, it's, like, the, or, like, Daredevil, the TV show, like, yeah. um, and, like, it's it's about, like, a scrappy Coruscant lawyer who, like, won't let the Empire win every court trial. That's awesome. I want that. I, <laughs> I really want that. Want really, that. <laughs> I want that really bad. Yeah, now. I really want that. Yeah. Well, we should work on that. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing we gotta do. Yeah. So anyway, I... Yeah, exactly. Like, this... That's more in-world. But he, he's got, like, another one that has, um... What's this one? Um, he's got, like, a, an ATAT, and it says, uh, Right is might. There is no such thing as too much force. And you're like, no. That one? No. Like... The empire is the the empire is not gonna say things like yeah. There's no such thing as too much force. Yeah, <laughs> there's that's there's not no very it's not very good propaganda. There's exactly there's no such thing as too much uh, oppression. Yeah. and destruction. Like the whole point is to um, to uh, you know convince us that it's fine. You know. Yeah, it's fine. We need to spy your on... Your government is under control. Exactly. We need to spy on you for your own good. It's a matter of national security. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because the... Um, yeah, it's like, this is, this is what the rebels imagine imperial propaganda is going to be like. Right. Mustache twirling and, like, delighting in, in their righteous military victories where really they're just going to try and convince you that your life is comfortable and don't worry about it the empire's got it taken care of yeah you are safe uh from rebel insurgents they would play up all of the sort of rebel um attacks and uh make you feel like the like rebels you're not safe and yeah you need the empire exactly to, you need yeah. you need the security of the military to protect you from the rebel insurgents Pretty and much. um I think it's an interesting choice that that is very rarely employed as a propaganda technique in the art because, um, I mean, I think that's probably a little too on the nose for some people because that's kind of what happens in real life. And again, we don't want to make those associations between our own governments and uh, the clearly evil galactic empire i mean that says right in the opening crawl of a new hope the evil galactic empire we we got to stick to that right guys we don't want to make yeah. any uncomfortable parallels here so yeah they're anyway we are kind of political today but uh fuck the government <laughs> anarchy i thought i thought you were the imperial player here not in real life no i know no i'm the rebel player in real life yeah um so yeah so there there's some yeah interesting uh interesting propaganda there and i can't wait to hear what uh, pablo talgo has to say about it in october when his book comes out sure how much time have we been talking for i don't know i've been talking way too much i'm sorry <laughs> don't apologize it's okay um i don't know how long this has been almost 50 minutes maybe we should wrap it up oh yeah oh yeah Unless you have any other things um, you really want to talk about? I don't think so. I did, um, I did start reading Aftermath this week, mm. which is um, was the first new canon novel, not including Dark Disciple, cool. um, set after Return of the Jedi. 
between The Force Awakens, and um, it's uh, gotten some pretty middling reviews, I think, due to the expectation that it was going to be more connected to The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and oh, it okay. is, and it's set, like, right after Return of the Jedi, so it's... Nice. Um, but uh, I'm actually enjoying it a lot so far. I just read a scene, or li- I'm listening to the audiobook. I did lis- listen to a scene where Snap Wexley plays um, board games with an ITO interrogator droid who's been repurposed, and that is relevant to my interests. So I am enjoying this book a lot, even though people don't seem to like it. So Nice. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, if you read it at some point, uh, we can talk about it. Yeah, maybe I will. Depends on... I'll, I'll read stuff. I'm still... Re- I haven't even started Bloodlines yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I'll get on that. Do you have any other news? Uh, I don't have any other news. No. Do you have any other comments? Uh, let's see who we are on Twitter. Okay. I'm at Duskheart. And I'm at Dana underscore Howell. And you can find us at uh, Imperial underscore Hearts. Yeah. And ImperialHearts.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we will see you next week. And uh, our music, yep, is um, all the music we use is um, Breakfast with Tiffany by Broke for Free. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, okay, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.